Good morning, Sam. Happy to be here. Uh, talk about, first of all, the district. Uh, refigured, uh, reconfigured, and redistricting. Give me the lay of the land here. What's the geography? What changed? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. That whole process, obviously, we've talked about in the past, was uh, an interesting process to witness. But uh, my district didn't change a whole heck of a lot. Um, I still represent a good portion of Oconee County. I actually pick up one additional precinct in Oconee. And then my portions of Clark really just shifted. I get still parts of five points, but just different parts of five points um, and still the east side of uh, Clark County. And so Oconee and Clark, exclusive, not into Barrow or Jackson, any of those counties. No, just, just those, those two. two. Just those yes, two sir. counties. By the way, and just, just we'll start here and move on to other things. Uh, the, the local redistricting controversy, you folks and the legislative delegation, and to just quickly go through that, uh, what usually happens every 10 years, the, the census and the redistricting, reapportionment redistricting, uh, the Athens-Clark County Commission, for the purpose of redrawing its lines, will agree on a map. Uh, will do so unanimously forward the unanimous recommendation to the legislative delegation. They'll typically rubber stamp it, as will the rest of the legislature. That's not how it happened this time around. There was dissent on the Athens-Clark County Commission. You folks in the legislative delegation said, okay, we'll do it. And you did it, and you redrew it with the results that we have. Uh, some folks like it, some don't. That's the nature of these things. Fast forward uh, some weeks ago, about a month ago, Mariah Parker resigns from the athens Clark County Commission. Uh, and now the big discussion about what to do about how to hold that special election. The, by the way, some news on that. We've, we've learned that the special election is going to be held in March of next year in the new District 2 as opposed to the current District 2 as represented by Parker. Had a delegation show up last night's athens Clark County Commission meeting, brought a lawsuit with them. And they're going to sue to have the election with the current District 2 on November 8th. Say so they'll file suit toward that end. It's difficult to see how that can happen, but we'll see how that plays out. Uh, your thoughts on that whole matter, that, that you folks in the legislative delegation were the ones who got to decide uh, how the athens Clark County Commission district lines were going to be drawn. And what your thoughts on the end result? Well, I mean, the end result is that we, you know, we there's a map that has created a historic situation, which we have more minority-majority districts in Clark County than ever before. Uh, we increased that number uh, over what... Uh, the map they produced themselves. Um, it was interesting to watch. If you listen listen to some of the narrative, uh, I think in one breath they were saying how 10 years ago it was it was gerrymandered, but now they love it and they don't want it changed. Um, mm. So it was kind of interesting to, to listen to both sides of that uh, or talking out of both sides of the mouth. But um, I think the map that we got out there uh, is going to be representative of the community, is representative of the community. Um, you know, as far as what's going on in, in, in District 2, you know, you know, Commissioner Parker's uh, term was going to go two more years. You know, there was a an electorate that elected that position. Uh, it certainly seems like that same electorate, electorate should be able to elect that same replacement. Um, for that to happen, it would have to happen this year because if you wait till next year, you'd be doing the new uh, electing somebody in the new lines. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let that fall how it is, but uh, certainly understand the argument. It's difficult to see, though, as you can imagine, 34 days out now. It's really difficult to see how that could happen logistically. And I would just quickly editorialize here, and I think someone else at one of the previous meetings, Board of Elections meeting, put it this way. You can yell at the legislature. You can yell at the Board of Elections. You can scream at anybody you want to. But the fact that District 2 is about to go unrepresented uh, through probably March of next year, that's on Mariah Parker. And she's the one who stepped down from that seat. Uh, your thoughts as you seek another term in your office, why? Why are you running Marcus Sweethour for another term in the Georgia House? Well, I love this community, and I've, you know, 
Tim, I told you four years ago when I when I first started this, uh, or I guess five years ago now, right? Mm-hmm. Started this uh, process. Um, that and I want to go to Atlanta. I wanted to build relationships so that I could bring things back to this community. I've gone down there. I've done exactly that. Uh, you know, I've I'm proud to represent this district. I am excited about the new district. I'm excited about the the new people that I've met and gotten to reach out to. Um, most most of them I've known uh, being being local. So, uh, you know, it's just a great community and really, really excited to continue to be down there. I was just noting some of your committee assignments this year's legislative session. Uh, And honestly, if I were looking for a state rep from Athens uh, to to serve on a couple of committees that that had some weight as related to Athens, I'd say, yeah, put that guy on the Appropriations Committee in the House Higher Education Committee, and there you are on both of those committees. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, uh, in addition to that, I mean, the vice chair of of transportation, I mean, that's something that I am very, you know, passionate about. It's kind of my background, civil engineering, land planning, and and uh, have been excited to work with Russell McMurray at DOG dot to, you know, bring some projects back to the local area. Uh, that's that's something again that I talked on from day one was transportation was one of my big things. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you go down there and you work hard, they load you up, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's I, I've always been a hard worker and and really enjoy that effort. Are we looking at this in the right way, State Rep. Marcus Weedar? I mean, okay, you're on the Appropriations Committee. Uh, well, your job is to go to Atlanta, bring back as many dollars to Athens and the University of Georgia as you possibly can. We'll give you a grade based on how good at that you are. Is that the right way for us to gauge your effectiveness as a member of the legislature? Um, I think not entirely, no. I mean, that is definitely one aspect of it for sure. But, I mean, I think effectiveness is being there when you're when I'm needed. Um, I think that one of the unique uh, things that I've actually been very excited about on appropriations is the subcommittee I'm on, which is general the general government. So every government agency actually comes through our subcommittee. Um, it gets a little daunting, uh, you know, uh, so many agencies coming through and giving their presentations on the amended budget and the budget. Um, but the nice thing about that is, is I get to know uh, intimately the department heads of, of, of uh, every single department that we have. Well, that's where your constituent services come from. Um, you know, your constituent services come from issues with driver's license or issues with your tax returns, issues that, that you know, that hits you day to day and, and that you need to reach out to your state representative for. If if I'm being effective, I'm answering the phone. I've given out my phone number a thousand times. If you don't have it, I'm sure you can find it pretty easily. You know, it, it's answering the phone and responding to those issues when I'm called upon. Uh, speaking quickly of that Appropriations Committee, assume for a moment you're reelected. Uh, you go back up there. Uh, a new chair for that committee is Terry England, who's held it for a good long time, state rep from Barrow County, uh, is stepping down. Uh, your thoughts on the leadership of that committee, that very important committee? Uh, I mean, it's obviously the one constitutional obligation we have is to pa- uh, pa- pass a balanced budget. Uh, you know, Terry has been just a uh, just an amazing a servant to our to our state. Um, he's going to be sorely missed, but we've got people that are ready to step up and uh, and will. We're all kind of anxiously waiting to see who that's going to be exactly, but um, it's in good hands. And Terry's not far. I'm sure if oh, you know somebody <laughs> needs to phone a friend, uh, he's right down the street. I'm not going to outmoney him. I outwork him. I, I I knock on I knock on more doors. I talk to more voters. I um, make more connections. At this point, he's really heavily relying on being a Republican in a Republican district. And he's 
sort of hoping that people vote for him because he's got that R after his name. And so I need to go to as many voters as I can, tell them why I want to earn their vote because of my idea. Talking about his path to Election Day victory, if there is one, as Democrat, he's running for a seat in the Georgia House, Jeff Arbach, uh, running for the seat, House District 121, held by Marcus Weedout. The Republican who is seeking re-election, and he's in studio with us now, is Representative Weedower. About that, uh, he's coasting on the fact that he has an R by his name, and I'm going to try to out-hustle him, out-work him. I, I, okay, I pick that ball up and run with it for a minute. Listen, I, I, I applaud anybody that wants to, to, to work hard. I certainly have done it my whole life. Uh, nothing new for me, so I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing. Um, you know, Tim, I've never run against anybody. I've run for this community and for this position, um, and I'm going to continue to do that. Uh, I, you know, we have a great track record. That's the nice part. I get to run on what we've actually done, uh, not just what we're talking about. Um, you know, this 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 state's economy and the things that we've done to to help Georgians every day um, is unprecedented, especially through the last couple of years that we've been living through. And uh, I, it's. Like, again, uh, track record speaks for itself. You know, I was just, I, I've listened to your radio spots, your radio commercials, your campaign ads here on WGA. You were showing me a moment ago the TV. Is that TV ad out yet or is it oh, about yeah. to end? It's, it's out there. Money, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good ad, too, by the way, Matt yeah, Chastain. You. I know Matt and he helped put that thing together. Uh, the, the phrase you use over and over again in the radio commercial, the TV commercial, and I'm sure out there as you campaign, you ain't just talking about inflation. Federal inflation. Uh, okay, talk about that for a moment. Federal inflation. What are you trying to tell us here? Well, I mean, it's it, it's what's when they're doling out money the way they are, and it's 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 the inflation is going out of control, whether they want to talk about it or not. So all we can do as the state is batten down the hatches for our own people. And that's what we've done. I mean, it is absolutely unprecedented to come out of COVID the way we did in our economy. Yet again, we're the ninth year in a row. Georgia's been the best state uh Name the best state to do business in. I mean, our economy is great. We've given tax refunds to the taxpayers. We've cut the state income tax. We've now continued to suspend the fuel tax. Um, I mean, those things don't happen. Spe- speaking of which, and I, I heard you the other day talking about it. I mean, we, we've done that without uh, skimping on any of our road projects. We still are maintaining our schedules um, and our forecast for all those projects, you know, which is the the fuel tax is the driver. Well, it's not about that. I, you can't suspend that thing forever. If you could, we'd just do away with it. I mean, at some point, the DOT, hey, we need some money up in here. What when when is that date going to hit? And the, and they're going to and they're going to continue to get it because we have we have built an environment where our economy is so robust and our we have the ability to do that right now. Well, some would say uh, you, you talked about the Biden administration doling out those dollars, contributing to what you call federal inflation, some would say it is those dollars, those federal dollars, the printed money that enables you to do things like suspend the state gas tax and fill other budget holes in Georgia. If you actually looked at the dollars they doled out, uh, Georgia got far less than other states because our economy was in the state that it was in. So we were actually punished for doing so well. Uh, so the states that did not perform as well actually were, were bailed out better than we were in that respect. You know, the money that we're giving back are taxpayer dollars that have, have been given to the state. You know, hard-earned dollars. These are not dollar bills that we printed like the federal government is. One of the things you worked on in the most recent legislative session, and this has been a thing for you uh, in in the course of your legislative career, your terms in the Georgia House, uh, improving the state's foster care system. You have a partner in that effort in Governor Brian Kemp. That's something that seems to matter a lot to him as well. Where does that stand? What did you get done this year? What, assuming you're reelected, would you hope to get done in next year's legislative session? 
Well, working on several things. Um, you know, it is a it's an intricate and emotional, delicate conversation. Uh, you you're dealing with children's lives. Um, you know, last year one of the things that I was really super excited about. You know, um, we have a local organization here called Lydia's Place. There are organizations like that around the state. They offer wraparound services to uh, foster youth that are aging out of the foster care system. And, you know, the, the statistics on the kids that age out of foster care are tragic. And, uh, you know, organizations like that that we can support – uh, that give those wraparound services to offer success for the kids that are uh, aging out is very important. And we passed a, a tax credit where dollar-for-dollar dollar tax credit on your state income tax can go to these organizations uh, to help fund those services. Uh, that was something I was very proud of. Fostering Success Act is the, the name of the bill, but uh, really proud to get that across the finish line and be able to support those services. Uh, moving forward, um, you know, we have got to continue to uh, encourage our foster parents and more foster parents to get involved in the system. Uh, it's a very heart-wrenching process. These are not good situations. Kids aren't in good situations when they end up in foster care. It is a very hard thing to, uh, to emotionally deal with. Um, and there's a tug of war between um, a, a, a constitutionally given right of the parent, of mm. the biological parent. And there's a, a struggle with uh, what do you do when that parent falls down? Um, you, want, you want them to succeed. You want them to rebound. You want to reunite. But you also are putting this child in the hands of someone who cares and someone who, not that the biological parent doesn't, but also cares for that child. And there's a, there's, it's a really challenge, it's challenged to decide who has more rights in that environment. And the, the difficult part of that, it seems to me, and how you go about addressing this part legislatively, I, I don't know. You need the wisdom of Solomon and then some, because no two cases are alike. And you're trying to, to set legal guidelines, which have to be very precise and very specific and, and can't, in some respects, uh, deal with things on a case-by-case -case basis. And the whole thing about hard cases making bad law, that seems to be what we have here. No, and, 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 and that's where a lot of these cases get put in the court in, in, in the hands of judges. Um, and so, some of that is is we have to set some legal precedent or some legislative precedent. In fact, some of the legislation just recently this last week uh, legislation that I have uh, uh, introduced that have been continuing to work on and have momentum on but just haven't gotten across the finish line actually was used against foster parents in a court case because it was failed. And the judge said that that proved legislative intent that we didn't intend to continue to support foster parents. When I read things like that, obviously, it just invigorates me more to, uh, you know, find the solution find that balance of where we need to be to support foster parents that are the children that are in foster care can get the support they need. State Rep. Marcus Weedauer running for re-election House District 121. Clark Howard the other day said something that made me think of you as soon as I heard it. He said lumber prices are now back to pre-pandemic levels. Lumber prices were just exorbitantly high here in Georgia and elsewhere. You and State Rep. Spencer Fry, Democrat, uh, here in Athens working together on this and, and the governor appointing you a couple of years ago. Do something about those lumber prices and, and whatever you did. I don't know how much credit you get, but in the market obviously factors into this as well. What was that whole thing about for about a minute left here? Well, I mean, you know, it's a compounding issue and I could speak for a very long time about it. But, you know, as far as lumber goes, I mean, the, the supply did kind of catch up with demand. Obviously, as our interest rates go through the roof, mm -hmm. 
uh, housing is going to slow and people are not going to need as much lumber. Um, I do think that some things got caught up, but at the same time, I think when you're seeing that what we're going to see is a slowdown in housing, potentially, that that the lumber prices are going to continue to fall. And that thing about working with Representative Fry, Democrat Fry, working with other Democrats in the legislature, everybody gives that lip service. How often are you able to do that, and how effective is it? Oh, it's. I mean, it's great, Tim, honestly. I mean, I, we, uh, I feel like the state-level government is kind of the middle child. Uh, everybody pays attention to federal or local, and we kind of get forgotten about. But the reality is about 85% of our bills in Atlanta are unanimously passed. Then you get in the next 10% where, you know, maybe you'll have, of, you know, a, a not so even split or, you know, uh, and then you get to the top 2% where you actually have arguments. Most of the time, Tim, I mean, we got, I got good friends across the aisle um, and, and been happy to get some great things done for Georgia. And you know what you're doing when it comes to campaigning, or at least you understand the process and you understand how to do it and where you are in the course of a campaign now 34 days out. What do you do for the rest of these uh, not even five weeks now? I'll continue to just re- get out and reach out to people, uh, anybody that uh, I haven't gotten to meet, try to get in front of them. I, I've always said, you know, you can shake somebody's hand. That's the best way to get somebody's vote. And you can't do that without being in front of them. So. So, you know, knocking on doors, going to events, you know, just being every all all the places if you can be. And and getting the family involved too. And you can see the family in these T V commercials we've been uh, talking my, about here. My family was great. The Kelly and the kids have been obviously a huge support to me. State Rep Marcus Weed Hour, Republican Weed Hour House District one twenty one wants another term in the Georgia House. The early voting starting on October seventeenth. Election day the eighth of November, thirty four days from today. Representative Weed Hour, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Tim. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.